Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Hey everyone, I'm Sonia Bierson here with Dave Buring, and this season we've been discussing how to disciple the children in our lives. We've had some great feedback from you who are enjoying the practical tips and encouragement to start doing this or be open to who but who God puts on your heart and the concepts that we've introduced that maybe you hadn't thought children could understand. Dave, do you think we often underestimate how much kids can actually get things? I do. I, th- I think that um, it's not just because of a sense maybe of, you know, when they're five, they actually have the intelligence of a 15-year-old. I think it's just more they pick things up. I remember someone telling me years ago that for all of us, there's more that's caught than taught. Mm. And I think kids catch a lot of things. And so... Uh, you know, as we talk about things today related to the kingdom and and what God wants to do even through kids, I, I just think sometimes we think kids are this tiny dot. When you look at the scriptures, you repeatedly see Jesus using kids. So I think, yes, the answer is absolutely <laughs> yes, we can underestimate them. Well, I've also noticed that sometimes we get too hung up on making things too complicated and that simple can be better, not just for kids, but also adults. Actually, making it simple is a skill in and of itself. They don't have that skill because they, they actually mm-hmm. just think of things in a simple way. But but we have to work at making things less complicated, don't you think? I do. I do. And I think that takes work. Uh, I know in our family, I tend to be the one that... Um, thinks really broadly. And my wife, Cheryl's the one that thinks really practically. And so sometimes when I am even dealing with a concept that we're talking about in discussion with our grandchildren, like, hey, I think let's talk to them about this and this. Cheryl will always ratchet it down a notch or two. And she'll say, why don't you think about saying it this way? And then we'll go back and forth until we find like what the sweet spot is. But I do think sometimes... uh, it's it's our responsibility as parents, grandparents, and adults to really give some thought to how do I take this concept and simplify it. I'll illustrate something here, Sonia, that's real to me. So a number of years ago, I felt the Lord just dropped into my heart that I should begin to um, help my oldest grandson, who is kind of the one capable of doing it at the time, to begin to learn some uh, memory verses. But I felt like the Lord showed me to keep it simple. So instead of doing the whole verse, it might just be Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I didn't add to you know to it and the you know that's the way to the father. I didn't add that piece. I didn't add other pieces to verse. It's just keep it simple, knowing they can always circle back or I can circle back later and add to it. So I think just how do we simplify God's truths in a way that children can swallow it so it becomes a part of them. 
Yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about what it means to equip children to advance God's kingdom. And I love it how in A Discipleship Journey, Kids, which is the book that this whole season is about, you call it on mission with Jesus Mm. instead of advancing God's kingdom, Mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with advancing God's kingdom, Mm -hmm. but I can see how that simplifies it. It On mission with Jesus. Yeah, it does. And and Laurie Jarvis played a key role in in as we started translating some of these kinds of things to simplify. And I think, you know, we, we can teach kids about how Jesus came and and the mission that he was on, and now he's passed that mission on to us. And I think it's an easy language way to help kids realize there is things that Jesus has given us to do that he will give us grace for, anointing for, gifts for, but it's always on mission for him. And like what I get excited about this thing, because I, Sonia, I deal with a lot of adults that never think as they're going off to their job or their husbanding or wifing or whatever they do, that they're to be on mission for Jesus. And so imagine if you can disciple a child early on to think this way so that as they become a junior higher and a high schooler and a college student and adult, that that's normal thinking. That that kind of stuff I get excited about. Yeah. Well, define God's kingdom for us. How, how do you help kids understand what this is? Because some kids might ask, well, God's kingdom, doesn't that just mean heaven? That's the place mm-hmm. where we go when we die? Right, right. And I think... Um, One of the ways I like to define uh, the kingdom of God is it's like I'm talking to adults here for, you know, this moment. It's the realm where Jesus rules and reigns. So when you just read about things and Jesus talks about his kingdom, in his kingdom, it's where Jesus rules and his will is being done. And we see that in heaven. We pray that as in heaven, so on earth, you know, and and it's like the reality is for kids, the way that we decided to break that down is to compare earthly kingdoms with the kingdom of God. And as you start talking about earthly kingdoms or territories or states or however you want to look at it, there's always like a a ruler, a king, a, a governor, a prime minister, a president. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, Within every kingdom, there are also citizens, those that are the partakers of that particular territory, state, or kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, it's those who follow Jesus and have committed to obey him as, as disciples. There are rules or laws within every state or territory or kingdom. For us, there's the ways of God revealed in God's word, the Bible. And so we, we look at things like that, and, and I think just breaking it down so a child can realize it really is, the kingdom of God is almost like its own nation. If we want to say it, it's God's nation that we are a part of, yet it supersedes everything else on the planet. Hmm. So similarities between the earthly kingdom and the kingdom of God there's differences too, though, because hmm. when we when we think about what's going on here on Earth, in countries, between countries, between kingdoms, right? There's mm-hmm. so much of that that you hear about on the news now. Yeah, you know, I think about the. It's not going to be God's kingdom is not a place where there's war, and suffering and hate. Right. It's the it's the opposite of those things. Hmm. And sometimes when you're living in, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you live in the suburban U.S., those things don't feel close to you. Hmm. Right. So sometimes people can kind of get, um, I don't know, like 
you, you feel a little bit too comfortable. And mm. so the kingdom of God doesn't seem that different mm-hmm. from where you're living at that particular point in time. Like, yeah, of course, there's always problems. But do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the the, uh, the American idea of the kingdom of God may not be as realistic. As biblical. As biblical. There you go. <laughs> there's a concept. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And I, and I think we, we can we can subtly look at, like just picking on ourselves here as Americans that, you know, we can subtly believe that the way of life that we have as Americans is really the kingdom. And it's not. It is not the kingdom. Like I, I was just playing with um, a church like in a message I was doing just two weeks ago, we were talking about um, how in the book of Exodus, how God provided not only food and water, but also clothing for 40 years that never wore out. And as we were talking about, I was teasing with him. I said, some of the, some of you, you know, you, you wouldn't like that because every couple of weeks or months or a new season, you want a new. And, and I remember a, a youth with a mission leader by the name of Dean Sherman one time, I'm 20, 21, Sonia at the time. And he says, you know, you only really need about three shirts. He said, you need one you're wearing today, another one so that you can wash the one that you were wearing today, and probably something that you can wear that's really for a special occasion. And I remember it striking me so odd as an American, because a lot of the world, that's that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And it was an awakening to me again of how you cannot look at the kingdom through an American set of lenses. You have to let it stand on its own. So I think as adults, we have to understand it better so we can pass it on better to our children to be able to express to them the awesomeness of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And again, I just want to remind our listeners, we're not saying, you know, uh, that everyone in America is rich and everyone in America doesn't have to deal with needs or suffering or anything like that. We're kind of talking about it in this in the in comparison to the rest of the world, obviously, but it is possible in our minds to often substitute Mm -hmm. our existence for the kingdom Mm -hmm. um, because of many of the blessings that that we live with. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I, I did want to say that. Well, what are kingdom values? Because that's also what makes up the kingdom. Yeah, it, it is. And so when you think of values, I like to think about what is important. And the, the twist to it is what's important to God. And I think that's our starting place. And so, you know, whenever you're dealing with a person, uh, you always have to realize that the blood of Jesus was shed for them and they were made in the image of God. So therefore, regardless of what they've said to you, done to you, you still have to realize, okay, God, you do still care about them, even though they've wounded me and hurt me and I have to wrestle through forgiveness and all that stuff. The reality is, is, is as an example, God values people so much so that he died for them. Well, it challenges me, do I love people in a smidge of that way like God loves them? What is God's value of money? Is it the same as ours? What about power or popularity? Uh, we, we have to realize that it's important that we dig into the word and we begin to realize what God's values are because as citizens of his kingdom, I think he, he wants us to be able to better reflect his values through our choices, our attitudes, our behaviors, our words, that kind of thing. So when you're teaching a child as you go through discipleship journey kids about 
kingdom values. What are some practical ways that we can say, here's how a kingdom value could look like in your life, eight-year-old? Right. Yeah, I think um, like I like to draw on and I'm, I'm in the process of trying to memorize it. And I'm just, you know, at the beginning of the journey in this, but I, I want to memorize the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. So I'm tackling a project that will take me a while. But at the beginning of that, you have the Beatitudes and the Beatitudes are a great kind of place to begin to reflect. It's a, it is a memory thing that a child could handle. You know, it's, it's nine, 10 verses, but they're not massive, but let let me just read these. And I want you to think about, about it through the lens of kingdom values. And as Sonia said, how do you express those? So, so I'm reading out of the new living translation here, which is one of the translations we used in ADJ kids. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I think when we're working with children to be able to give them something like this and just, you know, break it down, like blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And explaining to a child, now mourning means you're sad. And so it says God blesses those who are sad. Well, that's an odd thought for a child. So you have to just be able to explain that when you're sad, God wants to come and comfort you because he loves you that much. And see, I think as we begin to do that in the hearts of our children, then guess what? When they see a sad child, they will know to go to them and to remind them of the same thing and not really knowing yet, maybe understanding they are the one that God is using to comfort that child. So I think this is a really good place to just start, reflect on, learn from, and maybe even help your child or together with your child memorize a little passage like this. Yeah, you know, listening to you read that in the uh, New Living Translation, I, I really like that. Uh, that translation of it, it it does simplify it. And it actually makes me want to memorize it, Dave. Part of it is because I've been, I I read somewhere that we talk a lot about the 10 commandments, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. the Beatitudes is kind of the updated Mm -hmm. (laughs) version of the 10 commandments, right? Through, through Jesus's lens of looking at the world. And I never sat down and memorized uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is, this is how Jesus is telling us we should love God, love our neighbor, and, and it's all right here. So that that's a little conviction point for me that this might be a really good thing for me to memorize, not just for my children, but for myself. Yeah, and, and I think along with it, what you mentioned about the Ten Commandments, it's like, for me, part of my motivation in it is it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is like the epicenter of what Jesus means when he talks about the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we're talking about equipping children to advance God's kingdom, 
Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is territory for parents, grandparents, those working with children to spend some time because there's a lot of things that are practical. It gets into prayer. It gets into fasting. It gets into where our eyes should be and shouldn't be. It gets into all kinds of things. So it's a, it really is a window into what the kingdom of heaven is like. Yeah. I, the other thing that jumped out at me is you were reading uh, that passage. So it was Matthew 5, 3 through 12, I think, right? Mm-hmm, right. The other thing that jumped out was there is a real uh, through line of justice mm. in this passage, mm. right? Um, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, those whose hearts are pure, those who work for peace, blesses those who are persecuted, and right? Are, and are merciful. And are merciful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real through line of justice here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the research that's coming out about these younger generations, right? Uh, kind of the end of the millennial generation, the Gen Z coming up. Something that that has been really strong in both of those generations is this, there is a real sense of justice yeah. that they hold in their hearts it's that true. nobody had to teach them. Mm-hmm. They, they already have that. And I, I, I can't tell you the Barna research off the top of my head, but, but that just came out in some research that they did. And so I really think this would be appealing to the younger generation as they're reading the Bible and re- as you walk through this passage with them, when you think about a lot of the hurt and pain that's out there right now and in the last couple of years, that this would be such a topical thing to talk about because you have real life examples of it going on yeah, you know, no, around you. That's true. And I think, you know, jumping on what you were just saying there, that I don't know if, if those who are listening have ever thought about this, but have you ever considered that God allows generations to be raised up with certain wirings, giftings, mindsets like, like Sonia was talking about here with justice because of the need of the world? And I love to think that way and and realize that because sometimes when I'm in groups, I'll ask, okay, how many of you have this gift? And how many, and just, they raise their hand. And I can't tell you how many times I'd say over the last 15 years, I've done that. How many exhorters, mercy oriented people, it's, it's people who can bring hope and encouragement. And if you look at the world we live in today, it's an interesting thing to me that God has birthed people who now follow him, who love mercy justice, encouragement. It's huge. Yeah. And I think um, we were also talking earlier about, you know, how do we represent kingdom values? We're looking at it through this one passage, but there's also ways for children to think about impacting their neighborhood and reaching people Mm -hmm. using examples in the Bible of, of people who lived in Bible times who did that, even as young people. So, you know, the first one that jumps to my mind is obviously David. As a as a shepherd boy, he was able to reach people and impact his neighborhood, his his nation, mm-hmm. even in the small things he did. Mm-hmm. And um, I always think it's great that there that we all have an affection for David yeah. <laughs> because of of what he did in his youth. The other one I think about is Daniel, right, being taken to Babylon as a young young person mm-hmm. and the fact that he was able to reach people and impact his community and i think that all starts with okay we can't all be daniel we can't all be david but we can start with our friends yes yeah and i think that's for a child that's a key place it's like two two starting points for me one is 
as an adult inviting your child to help you in whatever whatever missional thing you're doing for God, don't be afraid to take them along and to allow them to experience it. So if you have offered to serve at a soup kitchen, take them with you, you know, and again, age appropriate, but take them with you and let them experience that through your life. And then I think as Sonia's just said, the other piece for me is is through f- their own friendships. And it's teaching your kids practical things like how to be a good friend. Like every friend or every person needs good friends. How do they be a good friend? And so uh, again, conviction here for us as parents, are we doing that? Like, are we modeling what a good friend looks like that our kids will naturally see it? Because you know, again, they're going to catch more from your life than hearing even what you say. And so I think modeling friendship for your children, inviting them into your adult friendships, like when they're over to the house for a meal, that they learn to get comfortable. It was one of the things that was important to Cheryl and I. I wanted our kids to be comfortable with our adult friends when they were around. And because of that, today, one of the things I find myself just kind of smiling, um, and I literally catch myself doing that in different times, that my kids reach out to some of my friends who are my age to ask for advice or to get help on things. Like our, our kids are heading off on a little adventure out of country. And so are going to be gone long enough that they have to rent out their home. So who do they reach out to? Like one of my best friends, who's a real estate person, who's my age, who they've now known for about 30 years. And, and so that, that can happen for our kids too. I think that's an, an incredible thing that, that your friends can become the guiders of your kids, but you have to model some of that for them. Um, I think them reaching out to their own friends is an important thing. And, you know, I, I like to be able to tee kids up with how could you serve your friend? Like, so then they go, well, what do you mean? Well, like just watch in your relationship with them or when you're doing something with them, watch for a need that kind of appears. So like if they are doing something and a need you're out playing football together and a need appears and and you you see that um they don't have shoes that work for playing football but you have an extra pair you say hey just wait a minute i'm going to run to my house i got an extra pair and you can run run to your house get that help the child put them on and use them and and it's it's teaching our kids to be aware in the moment of needs You can help them practice that at home. You can help them practice that when they're with your friends, but you want to be able to help them learn how to do that with their friends. Yeah, I like that question. How can you serve your friend? Because it is a little bit of different messaging than you know, kind of the stuff that's out there, right? You'll you'll hear it in public school. You'll hear it out in, you know, you'll find t-shirts that say, like, be kind, hmm. right? And, you know, here's this buddy bench where if you don't have a friend, you can go sit there and, you know, right? Like, a lot of that is already out there in kind of uh, non-Christian settings. Yeah. But the service part is not necessarily the message there. And I think the other piece that you probably will agree with me, Dave, is like the Holy Spirit part. Mm-hmm. Is the Holy Spirit telling you anything about this friend and the need they may have or how you could pray for them? You know, I see this happening in this youth group that I, a small group that I lead of of younger people of like, 
what's happening in the moment. Sometimes somebody will respond mm-hmm. and an eyebrow will kind of go up like, ooh, how did they know to pray that for me? Mm-hmm. Right? That kind of stuff. And it's, yeah. it's really neat when you say it. Well, let, Dave, let's finish this episode with some words of encouragement for our listeners. Sometimes we as adults might feel like we fall short in this area of advancing the kingdom. We're mm-hmm. so busy ourselves. We're raising children. We're working. Um, and and we fall short, not just of relationships, but just am I on mission with Jesus? Yeah. Am I on mission with yeah. Jesus? So, so give us some encouragement on that front, because I don't want people to come away from this episode thinking, well, that was a good word that Dave had, but I, you know, I don't have time this week yeah. for teaching my kids to be on mission. Yeah, and and I think I always think of Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things, which is our food and our housing, housing and our clothing, will all be taken care of. God wants to continue to reveal Himself to us as our provider, and so if you if you are not somebody who like like again, no condemnation as you hear this, so don't go there. But just be thinking about this: When was the last time you thought? How am I going to partner with God today to advance his kingdom? Or preparing your heart through maybe your quiet time of saying, God, as I walk out of the house today, I want you to know that I'm willing to team with you to advance your kingdom in any way you want me to today. See, that's, can I just be upfront and say, that's, that's normal Christian thinking. That's normal Christian living. Like I realize that the reason I'm still here on the planet is yes, he's letting me enjoy relationships and fun things and his creation and all that. But the reason I'm still here is to grow in my relationship with God and partner with him in advancing his kingdom so others can experience the same. And so if you struggle in that area, you know, just kind of shake it off today and begin tomorrow by whether it's at home or whether it's on the job or maybe it's relationships in your community, wherever it is, be more conscious by inviting the Holy Spirit to help you pay attention to where God would have you partner that day to advance his kingdom. And then maybe whether it's after dinner or maybe before you go to bed at night, just have a journal near your bed. That's maybe you're advancing the kingdom journal and write down that day how God helped you advance his kingdom. And it could be as simple as because you prayed for somebody, not not even with them, but for them. It could be that, you know, you sacrificed something for somebody, or maybe you had an actual direct conversation with somebody about Jesus or inviting them to your community of believers. So I think, Sonia, things like that can help us jumpstart our own value of advancing the kingdom. That's great. Thank you, Dave. Well, for more on this, check out chapter 10 in a Discipleship Journey Kids called On Mission with Jesus and chapter 10 in the adult version of A Discipleship Journey that's called Advancing the Kingdom. You can find both books at lionshare.org slash store, along with subscriptions to the videos that go with them. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about discipling children in relationships because that's a huge part of their world and an area that we need to focus on in order for them to have healthy relationships later. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo.